0: Binge the full week of the Ray Taylor Show ad free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. This is the Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to top five from the Ray Taylor show where each week I rank movies in a variety of categories from franchise and subgenre to directors and actors. No film is left unwatched as I break down my top five picks. So join me every Sunday for new episodes and get ready to dive into the world of film from top five from the Ray Taylor show. Hey there movie goers today we're making an offer you can't refuse. From the gritty streets of New York with the Corleones to the comedic alleys of Annie Hall, we're heading back to the 70s, a cinematic gold mine. Ah, the 1970s. A time of disco balls, wide collars, and films that redefined cinema. This was the decade where stories were as divisive and diverse as a diary entry from Annie Hall to the battleground strategies of Patton and Oscars. They were just trying to keep up with the masterpieces from the haunting echoes of the deer hunter to the raw challenges faced in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. The seventies were the seventies weren't just about glitz. It was about real raw and riveting tales. And who could forget the mafia epics the godfather and its sequels showed us the intoxicating mix of family power and betrayal it wasn't just about making money it was about making history so are you ready to go from the boxing rings of rocky to the intricate cons of the sting maybe even take a stop at the disco with annie hall Don't go anywhere because we're about to rank the cinematic giants of the 1970s. But first, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe for more fantastic film rundowns, and let's dive into my top five best picture winners from the sensational 1970s. Starting off with the fifth movie out of many movies I watched for the very first time, this is one of them i've been looking forward to tackling the 70s the best pictures of the 70s for a while because there are so many classics that i have not seen and i was so happy to finally have watched all of these movies and rank them so starting off with number five is one that i have never seen but have always heard good things about as all of these movies all of these movies so iconic but starting off with number five is The French Connection This came out in 1971. It's an action thriller directed by William Friedkin. The film was critically acclaimed upon its release and has since become one of the defining movies of the 1970s, known especially for its intense car chase sequences, gritty realism and powerful performances. The movie is based on the true story of two New York City police detectives who are on the trail of a narcotic smuggling ring. They discover that a French heroin smuggler is trying to bring a large shipment into the city, leading to a high-stakes game of cat and mouse. Some great characters in this movie. Jimmy Popeye Doyle, played by Gene Hackman. Popeye is a tough, hard-nosed New York detective who becomes obsessed with catching the drug smugglers. Hackman's portrayal of Popeye Doyle is often cited as one of his best performances and he won an Academy Award for Best Actor for this role. You also have Buddy Cloudy Russo played by Roy Scheider. Russo is Popeye's partner who is slightly more level headed than his counterpart but is equally determined to bust the drug ring. There are some great scenes in this movie, one of which the car chase sequence is one of the most famous in film history. Popeye Doyle commandeers a civilian's car to chase an elevated train on which a hitman is trying to escape. The scene is intense, thrilling and incredibly well executed, capturing the gritty essence of the 1970s New York. The scene that put this movie on the list, that is the absolute moment i was like this is a movie that has to be on the list it's also i think the last movie i watched so it almost almost wasn't gonna be on the list because this is a scene at the very end of the movie this movie also won a bunch of awards obviously won best picture uh but it french connection was a major success at the academy awards won five oscars including Best Picture, Best Director for William Friedkin, Best Actor for Gene Hackman, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Film Editing. The movie is often praised for its documentary-style documentary style realism, capturing the gritty atmosphere of the early 1970s New York. Its success paves the way for many other gritty, realistic crime films of the 70s. Gene Hackman's character, Popeye Doyle, became an iconic and and is considered one of the great characters in American cinema. A sequel, French Connection 2, directed by John Frankenheimer, and again starring Hackman, was released in 1975. It follows Popeye Doyle as he continues his pursuit of the drug kingpin in France. In conclusion, The French Connection is a cornerstone of American cinema, setting the tone for many crime and action films that would follow. it mix, Its mix of realism, compelling performances, and thrilling sequences make it a must-watch for any film enthusiast. So that is why The French Connection is at number five for me. So good. Amazing. Love it. Perfect. Great movie. Moving on to my fourth favorite movie that won best picture in the 1970s this is a movie that i have seen multiple times the first of which was in school so if you can imagine all of the movies that won in 1970 there is only one that i could think of although i can't imagine watching this in school now would you be able to i know there would be some parents since Things get banned in schools, especially in red states, for like the smallest of things. But I did remember watching this in school, and then I've watched it a few times as an adult. And it's just a classic for so many reasons. It's a great movie. Uh, so many, it's got some bummer moments, as many movies from the 70s do. But a great movie that uh, was easily on this list. Becoming at number four, my fourth favorite movie that won Best Picture in the 1970s is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. This is a 1975 drama directed by Milos Forman and based on the 1962 novel of the same name by Ken Ken Kesey. The film became an instant classic and is lauded for its performances, direction, and its portrayal of mental institutions and the human spirit. The film follows Randall Patrick McMurphy, played by Jack Nicholson, a rebellious convict who feigns insanity to escape hard labor in prison, which he was in prison for statutory rape, which is, you know, when you find out what he is in prison for makes this likable character uh, a lot less likable. That's or, you know, it makes it far more difficult to cheer for this guy Uh, regardless he is in this mental institution to avoid hard labor and prison he is sent to this mental institution expecting a more comfortable life once there mcmurphy clashes with the authoritarian nurse ratchet played by louis fletcher Lois fletcher Lois? Louise. Lois? Lois? Lois. Louise. One of those. She runs the psychiatric uh, psychiatric ward. Psychiatric ward. With an iron fist. As McMurphy begins to rally the patients. And challenge the established routines and rules. A battle of wills ensues. Between him and Nurse Ratchet. There are many themes in this film. That are great. There's the theme of freedom versus control. The film explores the idea of individual freedom. In the face of oppressive authority. It also has the theme of insanity and Uh, or sanity and insanity the movie challenges uh, preconceptions about what it means to be sane or insane and questions the institutional methods of defining and treating insanity especially back then Uh, although i guess now like then they had treatment that was barbaric and inhuman now we just force people to live on the streets like we just Don't give them any kind of treatment. Now, they just lock them in a prison, if anything. Horrible. Uh, This theme, another theme of this movie, the human spirit, the characters in this institution, each with their own stories, represent the broader theme of the indomitable human spirit and his ability to rise above adversity. Uh, It's got a great cast and characters. Of course, Jack Nicholson as McMurphy, Boisterous brawling uh, and fun loving rebel Uh, McMurphy challenges the authority of nurse ratchet and attempts to lead a revolt of the patients against her control you also have uh, Lois Fletcher as nurse ratchet an authoritarian figure Uh, nurse ratchet uses her authority to maintain order in the ward often resorting to psychological manipulation and emotional abuse you also have will Sampson as chief Brol- bromden a silent native american patient who becomes mcmurphy's close ally uh, apparently uh he narrates the novel from what i've heard i have not read the novel but uh he is the character who narrates the novel providing a unique perspective on the events of the ward which knowing that he he uh that makes sense he, he's definitely in the movies Very much an observer of things that are going on, as quiet people tend to be. They tend to be observers, as I am one to be quiet in many situations, unless I've had alcohol or sitting alone in a room with a camera in front of me. Uh, But yeah, definitely uh, would be interested at some point, which I probably won't. But, you know, if I ever got back into reading, uh, would be interested in seeing how the book differs from the movie. Obviously, this movie won a bunch of awards. Uh, it's one of the few films to win all five ma- major Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, f- Best Director for Milos Forman, Best Actor for Jack Nicholson, Best Actress for Louis, uh, Lois Fletcher and Best Adapted Screenplay by Lawrence ha- Hauben and Bo Goldman. The film is often praised for its powerful performances, especially by Nicholson and Fletcher. Its critical look at mental institutions led to broader conversations about mental health and care and the treatment of patients. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is consistently ranked as one of the greatest films ever made. Uh, It is poignant, gripping drama that tackles heavy themes with a mix of humor, tragedy and a spirit of rebellion. It remains an essential watch for film enthusiasts. This was... I love that it it's not just a bummer film, as so many of these movies can be, uh, especially the Best Picture winners of the 70s, or Best Picture winners in general tend to be bummer films. And this movie does have bummer elements to it. There is definitely some bum, <laughs> some bummer stuff. People dying, suicide just mental death emotional death uh this movie's got but it's also got a lot of humor i love the camaraderie that the the patients all have i love when randall finds out that the chief can speak such a great scene i love chief and him uh and mcmurphy's one of those guys that just he's addicted to Causing trouble, and it, you know, with all addictions, it, you can only go so long before it, it it ends up biting you in the butt. So I don't know. It's a great movie. I loved it, and obviously a great performance by Jack Nicholson. Coming in at number four, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. for the show and make a great gift for any fan plus with each purchase you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content so don't wait head on over to Inspiredisorder.com now and check out the full collection thanks for listening and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some ray taylor show merchandise today and now let's get back to the show moving on to my third favorite movie nominated for not only nominated third favorite movie that won this movie and all the other movies on this list won best picture in the 1970s at the academy awards this is a movie that i've watched many times watched it multiple times fairly recently because it was also featured on other top five lists that i have done very recently coming in at number three is Dun 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 that's right coming in number three is rocky this is a movie came out in 1976 sports drama directed by john g uh Avildsen and uh, both written and starring of course Sylvester Stallone himself the film marked the beginning of the Rocky franchise and is often recognized as one of the greatest sports films of all time of course this movie featured on not only my top five Rocky movies but also uh, the top five Creed versus Rocky movies where I ranked the entire franchise including the Creed movies Uh, So two separate top five episodes if you want to hear my favorite, know what my favorite Rocky movie is out of the entire franchise. The story, this one, the original, centers around Rocky Balboa, obviously a struggling small time boxer from Philadelphia who works as a debt collector for a loan shark to make ends meet. Despite his circumstances, Rocky maintains a heart of gold and a dream of making it big in the boxing world. When heavyweight champion Apollo Creed, played by Carl Weathers, decides to give an unknown fighter a shot at the title as a promotional stunt, Rocky gets his chance. Throughout the film, Rocky undergoes rigorous training with the support of his trainer, Mickey, played by Burgess Meredith, and the love of his life, Adrian! Played by Talia Shire, an actress who is in many Academy Award winning films of the decade, Talia Shire, the film culminates in a climactic bout between Rocky and Creed. Though the outcome of the match is important, the film's true focus is on Rocky's determination, heart and personal journey to prove he can go the distance against all odds. The themes of this film are great. You have the underdog story. The film emphasizes the classic underdog tale showcasing how an ordinary person with enough determination and spirit can rise above his circumstances. You also have the theme of love. The romantic subplot between Rocky and Adrian is integral to the film. Their relationship adds depth and and emotion highlighting Rocky's softer side. It also features the theme, oh man, got hairs bugging my nose and earpieces falling out. Perseverance and determination is another great theme of this movie. Rocky's training, especially the iconic scenes where he runs up the steps to the Philadelphia Art Museum, or Museum of Art, I should say, symbolizes the sheer determination and hard work necessary to overcome challenges. This movie also has a great cast. Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa, the titular character, a kind-hearted blue-collar boxer who gets a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. You have Talia Shire as Adrian, a shy pet store clerk, and Rocky's love interest. She undergoes her own transformation alongside Rocky's journey. You also have Burgess Meredith as Mickey. Uh, Goldmill, Rocky's old, gruff trainer who believes in his potential you also have carl weathers as apollo creed the flamboyant world heavyweight champion who chooses rocky as an opponent in a title match this movie obviously won a bunch of awards uh won three academy awards of course best picture along with best director for john g uh Avildsen and best film editing additionally it had multiple nominations, including Best Actor Forced Alone and Best Original Screenplay. Rocky gave birth to a franchise leading to several sequels and spin offs, including the Creed series. The character of Rocky Balboa has since become an iconic representation of the underdog spirit and perseverance. The film's music, especially the theme, Gonna Fly Now is instantly recognizable and has become synonymous with training montages rocky is not just a movie about boxing it's a film about heart determination and the human spirit's ability to overcome insurmountable odds its legacy endures and its influence on sports films and popular culture is undeniable this movie is a great movie it's a great sports movie it's i love an underdog movie i love it that it's not only just an underdog movie but it's like it got the gritty obviously dirty 70s style as so many of these movies do that just granular look to it but also you know a little rough around the edges as things very unique interesting characters but you know that 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 uh Taking an opportunity and making the best of it is is a great kind of story that I absolutely love. And it was an easy pick for me to put Rocky on this list and so happy that it landed right here in the middle of my list. At number three, my third favorite Best Picture winner from the 1970s is Rocky. Moving on to number two. This was a movie that was at my number one spot for a lot of it. For a lie I kept watching movie after movie and this was one of the first ones I watched in in reviewing all these movies instantly was at the number one spot and you know only until the end did it get bumped off uh, down to number two but coming in at number two is a great simple film called Kramer vs Kramer this movie came out in 1979. It's a drama that delves deep into the emotional and legal intricacies of a family going through divorce and the subsequent custody battle. This is directed by Robert Benton, who also wrote the screenplay based on the novel of the same name by Avery Corman. The movie was both a critical and commercial success. The story begins with Joanne Kramer, played by Meryl Streep, who is another actress featured in multiple Best Picture winners of the 1970s. Her character leaves her husband, Ted, who is played by Dustin Hoffman, and their young son, Billy, played by Justin Henry. Ted is a workaholic advertising executive who initially struggles to connect with his son and manages his... and. To connect with the son and manage his responsibilities as a single parent, over time, however, Ted and Billy develop a deep bond. Just as Ted seems to have found a balance in his life, Joanne returns seeking custody of Billy. This sets off a bitter legal ba- battle where both parents are forced to confront their personal flaws, their roles in a disillusion uh, in the disillusion of their marriage, and the best interests of their child. The themes of this film include fatherhood. The movie breaks away from traditional stereotypes highlighting a father's capability and willingness to be a nurturing as as nurturing as a mother. So often it is the dad I mean in reality and in life and in film, it is the dad who leaves obviously so I mean, I, like, almost all of the dudes I knew, grow, not all of them, some of them stuck around, but so many dudes that have kids that I knew growing up uh, are no longer there. They just, they bounce. They turned out to not be very good guys. Uh, it's It's a sad truth. However, I do love the gender reversal showing that sometimes... The woman can leave, and sometimes the dude can make a good dad. Uh, it does happen, and I love this story for highlighting that. Uh, also, another theme, marriage and divorce, obviously big thing. Not only uh, – it's, like, very big for the time. Like, divorce, like, really – until, like, the 70s, it happened, but it wasn't, like, something that – it was really something that wasn't – acceptable to talk about like it was you know my parents got a divorce early 80s and it was like you know it's you definitely knew more kids that have divorced parents but it was kind of something that became less and less taboo as it used to be so marriage and divorce the film presents an intimate and balanced portrayal of the complexities of marriage divorce and the impact it has on everyone involved uh, it also has themes of uh, the societal expectations, uh, the societal pressures of roles within a family, and the workplace uh, form a significant backdrop to this story, with Ted's transformation illuminating change, the changing norms. Of course, h- him and his job, his job not being okay with him being a, a single parent, but him making it work, which you see in movies where women are single moms, and Working having to balance all of that stuff. You're seeing a lot of that stuff uh, in Dustin Hoffman's character in this uh, Which to mention this has a great cast including Dustin Hoffman as Ted Kramer uh, Initially absent father who undergoes a transformation journey becoming a beloved single parent you also have the great Meryl Streep as Joanne Kramer the mother who, after leaving her family to find herself, returns to fight for custody of her son. Uh, small but powerful role from her, uh, which I would say her role in this, the other movie being uh, the deer hunter that she was in. Uh, I would say definitely a more powerful role in this one, but smaller role than her role in uh, the deer hunter. And that role isn't very large either. Uh, Justin Henry as Billy Kramer the young son caught in the middle of his parents separation uh, his parents separation and custody battle you just don't see kids like this anymore like every kid in movies today is some precocious kid like he's well you know so far past his years and where this kid is just a kid and you see him just living a kid life, And you're seeing like it it feels so real not only the the performances by these actors but just like the situation with the dad the acting with dustin hoffman and, and justin henry uh in their moments seeing how they they evolve their morning routines love it absolutely love it uh of course this movie won awards kramer versus kramer was a major winner at the 52nd academy awards this took home of course, Best Picture, but also Best Director for Robert Benton, Best Actor for Dustin Hoffman, Best Supporting Actress for Meryl Streep, Best Adapted Screenplay for Robert Benton, and furthermore, Justin Henry's performance earned him a nomination for Best Supporting Actor, making him the youngest nominee in that category at just eight years old. Kramer versus Kramer is often hailed, as, uh, hailed for its sensitive portrayal, Of a family in crisis and its balanced depiction of both sides in a custody battle. The film's depiction of a dedicated single father was somewhat groundbreaking at the time and added to the evolving conversation around gender roles in parenting. Both Dustin Hoffman's and Meryl Streep's performances are frequently cited among their best further cementing the movie's status as a classic in american cinema a very simple film dealing with very heavy emotions this movie hooked me and i fell in love it was number one for the longest time but is now here at number two my second favorite best picture winner from the 70s is kramer versus kramer let's take a quick break from this episode because i want to promote are you looking for a way to take your love of the ray taylor show to the next level look no further than inspired disorder plus as a member you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks including the full week of shows ad free in both audio and video versions a live painting archive early access to the many faces members only discounts and deals a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes but that's not all as a member you'll You'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspired Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of the Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. Moving on. Two, my favorite, my number one film to win an Oscar in the 1970s for Best Picture. This movie, one of the last movies I saw before I was probably a third of the way into this movie when I knew this was going to be my number one. Coming in at number one, my favorite movie that won Best Picture in the 1970s is... The Sting, this is also my first time watching it, I don't know if I mentioned that. The Sting is a 1973 con man film set in the 1930s that blends comedy and drama and crime to create a thrilling story about two con men who team up to pull off the ultimate con against a mob boss, directed by... George Roy Hill and written by David S. Ward. The sting is known for its intricate plot, engaging performances and iconic ragtime music by Scott Joplin, particularly the entertainer. The film follows two grifters, Johnny Hooker, played by Robert Redford and Henry Gond, uh, Gondorf, played by Paul Newman. As they attempt to con mob boss Doyle Lonigan, played by Robert Shaw, out of a large sum of money, the motivations for the elaborate ruse come from Lonigan. Uh, come after Lonigan is responsible for the murder of Hooker's partner, Luther Coleman, played by Robert Earl Jones. Using a fake off-track betting parlor, the duo set up a complex scheme known as the Wire a betting con that involves manipulating the results of a horse race. Throughout the film, the audience is kept on their toes as the layers of the con unfolds, complete with unexpected twists and turns. Of course, another great cast of characters in this movie as well. Paul Newman as Henry Gondorf, a professional grifter who is known for his skills in conning people. Robert Redford as Johnny Hooker, a young con artist seeking revenge for his partner's death. You also have Robert Shaw as Doyle Lonigan, a ruthless mob boss with a penchant for gambling gambling. You also have Charles Derning, Ray Watson, Eileen Brennan, and Manny, and many others also delivering notable performances. The themes in this movie are great. One of which being revenge and redemption. The main drive for the protagonists is to avenge their friend. But along the way, there's also a sense of personal redemption. The art of the con. The film delves deep into the world of con artists, showing, showcasing the intricacies, strategies, and risks of their profession. Also friendship. The bond between Gondorf and Hooker forms the emotional backdrop backbone for the story. There's also fun music, as I said, the music, especially the ragtime compositions of Scott Joplin, adapted by Marvin Haml, Hamlish for the film plays a significant role. The entertainer specifically became particularly synonymous with the movie and enjoyed a, uh, enjoyed a resurgence In popularity after its inclusion, Uh, the awards and accolades of this movie are many. The sting was highly successful, both critically and commercially at the 46th Academy Awards. It won seven Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director for George Roy Hill, Best Original Screenplay for David S. Ward, Best Adapted Score for Marvin Hamlish. the the sting is remembered fondly as one of the best con artist films of all time. It's blend of humor, drama and suspense combined with the magnetic chemistry between Newman and Redford, who previously teamed up for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, make it a timeless classic. I tend to love movies that are fun, that are fun rides. Usually Uh, this one is a a very fun ride. Uh, I love something that is well written. Uh, with characters that i enjoy and a plot that sucks me in i'm definitely a fan of con movies con artist movies very similar in a lot of ways to a whodunit i would say and uh you know at some point i'll do a top five of the subgenre of con artist movies Uh, at some point i would love to dive into paper moon is another great con artist movie um the end of this movie definitely got me good. It was a great end, great, like, reveal at the end of it. Very much like that aha moment, that final wrap-up that you get in a in a uh, whodunit. Like, you get that kind of where everything comes together, that last piece falls in the end of a con. Great. I loved every bit of this film, and not only did it instantly jump to number one on this list, but it became one of my all-time favorites, like a movie that I will definitely rewatch just for fun in my life Uh, and uh, I love it that's why it's here at number one The Sting so much fun first time watch blown away loved it so much my favorite movie to win an Academy Award for best picture in the 1970s is The Sting now I know there are people who are angry that there is not one of two movies that are available from a single franchise not on this list and they were up at points, and I'm talking about. Let me talk about my honorable mentions. I'm just going to talk about the movies that didn't make the list. Obviously, Godfather one and two, epic movies. Listen, every movie on this on that was that won an Academy Award is amazing. It is an epic movie, and Godfather, yes, Godfather one and two, both first time watches for me. I think maybe I've watched them a long time ago, but I don't. I don't know if I was paying attention when I watched them. Uh, so first time watches I like Godfather 1 more than I like Godfather 2 Uh, not Godfather 1 don't really like the end of Godfather 1 like when Michael becomes the Don it just I don't know I like the movie less he's also my least favorite part of number two I prefer the prequel stuff with De Niro in Godfather 2 uh, and wish that had just been its own movie a prequel of just of just seeing him the the Vito Corleone origin story but uh I do love those movies I have not seen three I've heard three is horrible uh but yeah Godfather 1 and 2 because I had issues with them they didn't make the list what can I tell you uh not big issues just small issues also uh what else what else um Deer Hunter such a bummer movie (laughs) just so brutal this is a movie I've seen a couple times before. It's a movie that you don't really have to watch very often. Uh and I forgot how it ends and the way it ends is it's, you know, it's it's a gut punch. It's not a gr- fun movie in general. Um and a movie that I found out is was not intended to be a Vietnam movie. It isn't it wasn't based on a book that was about playing Russian roulette uh which is obviously a big part of this movie but i don't know absolutely brutal uh and just you know it's it, it great performances but you know it's just a movie that it, it just it hurt too much it hurt too much it wasn't going to be on this list uh Patton, another great movie another first time watch for me uh it great war film but i'm i'm very picky with war films right like You know, either war films are kind of propaganda where they get you rah-rah for military stuff, or they're, like, the tragedies of war, like The Deer Hunter very much is. Um, And this is, you know, a World War II story. Um, Definitely felt more propaganda-y versus, like, something like Band of Brothers, which is a miniseries that I love. I love that. I love... Saving Private Ryan like there are World War two movies that I like but then there's ones that I, I didn't really like like this one I thought it was a great movie just you know didn't it's not my kind of war movie um, but not so much of a, a warm like I didn't not like it right like I liked it but not enough for it to be in this list in any way uh, but still great movie Annie Hall first time watch as well super interesting movie creatively my favorite like the creative things it does to tell the story breaking the fourth wall you have subtitles translating characters inner thoughts right it has clearly seinfeld moments from seinfeld were inspired by this like people having discussions and in lines at a movie theater uh the kind of neurotic type of stuff which i'm sure is big for um, the director, uh, you know, it just I, I don't know. I it just didn't—I didn't like the story. I didn't care about it at all. I didn't care about the relationship. Uh, but creatively, I—the way it told the story is by far the most artistic and creative of the movies. I—I would—I would say. Um, so for that, it it got points, but ultimately didn't like it. And it was arguably the most light-hearted movie out of everything to win. Uh, but. Those are my thoughts on the movies that didn't make it. Let me recap the ones that did make it. Recap my list one more time, and we will get out of here. This is my top five movies that won Best Picture in the 1970s. Hmm. Do that one more time. This is my top five movies that won Best Picture at the Oscars in the 1970s. Starting off with number five is The French Connection. Number four is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Number three is Rocky. Number two is Kramer Versus Kramer. Number one, my favorite movie to win best picture in the 70s is The Sting. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. I do hope you enjoyed my rankings and insights on my Top 5 Best Picture winners from the 1970s. Let me know how you would rank them. What are your top five films? Uh, let me know in the comments. Hit me up on social media. Uh, are there movies that I should reconsider? Do you have a good argument for one of the movies that didn't make my list? Uh, either way, join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder where all of these episodes are available in video format. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday for an all new episode of top five subscribe to the Ray Taylor show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found binge the full week ad free over at inspired com slash plus purchase Ray Taylor show merch over at inspired disorder.com have a wonderful day everybody peace